Guru Nation, welcome to episode 468 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I get to interview my fellow co-founder of Latinos in Clinical Research, business partner and friend, Monica Quitiva. She's actually an amazing person who I've gotten to know over the last six, seven years or so, maybe even longer at this point, maybe almost eight years at this point. Uh, the theme of this was entrepreneurship and clinical research and why it's actually, we both think, important for most people to consider this. And it's actually very practical for people in the industry to consider this. And I'm planning, this is so important to me, I'm actually planning on doing a long podcast on this topic uh, after the holidays because I want to dive deep on this topic for 2021. I think that's a theme. I think if 2020 showed us anything, it's that it doesn't hurt to have extra sources of revenue uh, provided. Uh, you're, you're able to do it. And in clinical research, most people are. Um, it's just the smart and safe thing to do, believe it or not, even if it may seem risky on the surface. Uh, links in the show notes, CRA Academy, CRC Academy, the Patreon channel. You want to talk about entrepreneurship? The Patreon channel, patreon.com slash Only five bucks a month, monthly mastermind. When I get to 50 people in there, we're going to have twice a month masterminds. Um, also, if you need help getting studies for your site, text me 949-415-6256. And with all that being said, enjoy the show. Guru Nation, welcome back to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. We've got a very special podcast today because uh, usually Monica joins me as a co-host, but today I'm actually interviewing her, um, namely because we're <laughs> supposed to interview the founders of Latinos in Clinical Research. So we did an interview with Judy Galindo, we did an interview with Ashley Margot. And now I'm doing, you know, Monica's the uh, third of the founders, Monica Paula Quitiva, otherwise known as MPC. That's her new nickname from now. <laughs> uh, the one and only. And uh, I'm interviewing her to get her story, her background. And then we're going to talk about entrepreneurship because that's something that runs deep in MPC's DNA. Uh, her, you know, her love for business and all the ideas. I mean, you guys have no idea. Monica calls me every day with an idea about something. And I think that spirit you need, it's important. Not all the ideas. Most of them don't work, right? But the ones that do, this is why it's important to have them. Because the ones that do started out as ideas too. And we've, we're going to talk about why it's important, I think, for anyone in healthcare anyone in clinical research, even if you don't think of yourself as a small business, you should because you are your personal brand. You are your own business. You are your career. I mean, all these things go to define and mold who you are. Don't ever let it be just one employer or one company. Don't ever be at the mercy of one employer, one company. We can end the podcast right now. We're done. But, <laughs> That's it. but we're just getting started. We're just getting started. So welcome, MPC. 
It's actually good. I, I, I was just mentioning that when I was little, I used to sign like that MPC. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, now it's coming back because I think the you're, you said Monica Paula Quitiba. That's your full name. Uh, nobody has that name in the world. Nobody, right? just me. But MPC, Great. how's it going? <laughs> Great, Dan. I can't wait to, to have this interview. How did you like really... that intro? How did you like the intro? Ah, you literally, it. you literally call me every day with a meet with an idea, and <laughs> like we always talk it through. You know, usually my role is to tell you why it's not going to work, and then if we still like it after that, then we run it by Chris, and he's even worse <laughs> at telling us why yeah, it wouldn't work. <laughs> but if it still works after that, then we know we have something. And so that's yeah, usually how exactly. it works, right? That's fair to say. That's how it works. That's how these things work. Yeah. <laughs> if I really love the idea, I keep nagging until you guys say yes. <laughs> that's right. That's how we see the per that's the persistence too. Because sometimes, sometimes it takes a while to say yes because, you know, the reality is most businesses fail, not succeed. So, you know, we're no different, and uh, we have to keep that in mind too. But Monica, how did you? become how did you when did you know you were an entrepreneur uh, oh wow I think I, I I always knew because my first when I was little I used to sell things in school really uh yeah I started in second grade uh and I used to sell things that everybody could go and buy in the in the corner you know but I used to sell it more expensive <laughs> but I still got it right <laughs> And then, and then... Uh, I did not know that about MPC. What what did you, yeah. like what, candies, <laughs> things like that? Well, wow. I even sell, uh, what's the name of this? Snails. Can you believe that? You sold snails? Sell snails to my, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, used to sell snails to I did my, not know this about you. <laughs> I know you for yeah. six years now. I used to sell roly-polies <laughs> as a five-year-old. I sold roly-polies. I dug roly-polies from the ground. I put it in a cup, and I was five. And then I went on the street. We were in Santa Monica. It was a busy street. And I put a sign that said pet sale. And then oh, people would stop wow. by. People would stop and say, what pets are you selling? I said, well, I have roly-polies in this cup. It's like $3. <laughs> 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 that reminds me of you of the snails. That's cool. I didn't yeah. know that about so you. I used to. It's because I I I, I, rem, I don't know why we used to go somewhere with my mom and my sister, and in that place I used to see a lot of snails. So I started putting it in a box, and then <laughs> and took it to the school, and then the kids all loved it, and then I started selling them the snails. That's awesome. So um, you knew you were an entrepreneur from the beginning, even before that. You knew what that word meant. Yeah, uh huh. And then, and then uh, my first business, I got it when I was 18, right after graduation. Um, I was selling uh, like uh, customized uh, computers uh, in Colombia. We call it clones. Mm -hmm. So it's like uh, whatever you wanted in a computer, we will build it and sell it to you. That's my, that was my first business. Oh, wow. And, okay. and then from there, you know, the rest is history. Then you know uh, that I had a coffee shop and then other other businesses. I so, remember the coffee shop. Yeah, was that in Australia or where? You've been all over no, the that, world. <laughs> yeah, many places. That was in Miami. 
Oh, okay. actually in Fort Lauderdale. So wow. that was that was my first business in my Good thing you got out of that business me. now with COVID. <laughs> yeah. Those people yeah, get I mean, hit hard, unfortunately, with their food. Yeah, restaurants and... work really tough. I mean, a coffee shop was tough, but the co- uh, restaurants, I think it's even, I mean, it's like you, you really need to like do your business. When did you open that coffee shop? I didn't realize. That. I knew, but I, I, I don't know the timeline of events. That coffee shop was back in 2000. When was it? September 11? September 2001. 2001. Okay, yeah. so it was the year before in 2000. Wow, 2000. Okay, wow. And uh, what what got you into healthcare? Because I know your background was in like journalism, right? You were doing like some broadcast things with yeah. Australian TV, right? Yeah, uh, uh, it was with a company that used to do, uh, we, we, we used to do PR for musicians and stuff. And now but, you're doing PR for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Much better. So what the hap- Yeah, so it was, I think healthcare is something that is been in my veins also. It's like my blood because my family is pretty much uh, everybody's in healthcare. My mom is a nurse and a nutritionist. And then my dad is a uh, acupuncturist. So I kind of have the best of both worlds. And in East some and point Western it hits. Medicine. Yeah. So in some point it hits. And, and then I want in, in when I, I finished, I, I went to university in Colombia and I took um, a marketing and advertisement and I loved it and everything. But when I grew up and moved to United States, in some point, I realized that I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, but being a doctor, I mean, uh, university to become a doctor is uh very expensive and I just couldn't afford to pay for my education so I went to university again and I did something related to healthcare so it was the uh, business with um, healthcare management and and one of my classes was research so that's the moment I fall in love with research and wow and then life brought me to you the guru i mean how yeah. lucky i am <laughs> when when was this so this was uh 2014 14 we so one of our owners you. right one of the partners knew you somehow yeah how did you I know met, jim so the story is i only i when i when i wanted to come back to united states uh or yeah i started doing kind of research of which state was more convenient for me to grow uh, professionally, uh, but my aim was always pharmaceutical. So um, I, at the end, after my research, I, I find out I realized that California was very convenient, and I had only one friend here. So I call my friend and I say, "Hey, I'm I'm moving back to California. Uh, would you let me stay in, in your place for a few days while I just you know organize?" my life find a place to live and everything and this just one friend happened to be a friend of uh uh Kim Parhurst and he was really? the one that introduced me to him wait what's this guy's name so his name is is uh can I say just his name yeah 
Why not? First name, first name. <laughs> well, so I, 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 I was living with Michael, but then Michael okay. was, it's just actually like a, I thought I knew like him, that's why. I thought I knew yeah. him because I know, uh, I I know someone, really? Because I knew yeah, someone else from Colombia that knew Jim really well. I didn't, I wondered. Oh, if yeah, was... before. No, yeah. no, it was, no, he's actually, uh, um, he's from uh, Filipinas. Oh, he's okay. Filipino. I did meet him too. Okay, okay. I just yeah. assumed he was Colombian. My bad. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. So he introduced me to Jim, and then the rest of history. I, I just, I, I, I just remember when they gave me the names of the persons that were going to get, do the interview, which was you, Chris, Jim, Chris. and Doctor Kellogg, and then I went and I talk the media. And then I found out that you were the most popular and the most, uh, I mean, <laughs> that everything that you knew, I got super scared. Yes. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know much about it. I hope this interview goes well. <laughs> and I remember that. Yeah. And we asked so, you nothing about research, basically. We just ask you at that level, like what you want to do and why you think research is for you and uh, you answered well because, because, and this is actually, I think what you learned from that interview is what you teach to the students of the CRC Academy, which we're going to get into that. But company, companies like small companies, especially small business, they like to hire generalists because they like to hire people who can learn fast. So we weren't concerned that you didn't know much about research. We wanted to make sure your mind was there to be able to learn, be a go-getter, which you can't really take a test for this. You have to interview the person to, to see this. And that's what you were. And the, Jim said that's what you were before the interview. So Chris and I just uh, wanted to be there to make sure that's the case. And uh, I think you teach this same strategy. I mean, everything you're teaching in the CRC Academy, you've lived it yourself first-hand experience you can't be better than this you have guys and gals when you join the crc academy the position that you are in monica was living this you know years years before seven years ago almost eight now right it's crazy how yeah. long ago so what did you learn during that period like you learned you came in day one you learned everything well, yeah, I started as a recruiter. And, and exactly. And it was amazing because that was the 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 breakthrough for me to research. I just I was willing to do anything in order to be part of research. I knew it was gonna be uh, hard if I didn't uh, if I didn't um, you know say yes to an opportunity like this. And uh, and obviously, I have not regret that, not even one minute in my life. I'm, I mean, that was the best opportunity I have ever got in my life uh, as a researcher or working in pharmaceutical research. And, and I was lucky enough to have you, Chris, uh, teach me pretty much everything. <laughs> well, you learned uh, more than... You learn most of it on your own because I and Chris, we had so many different projects, just like we do now, but then it was even less organized and we had almost no time to train you properly. So 
you i give you credit because you have to deal with all this stuff on your own learn all these things you know in looking back i think it would have been a faster if i would have trained you but there was just no time and this is why we needed a go-getter that we knew already (laughs) we knew we wouldn't have time and I told Chris and Jim, the person we hire, I can't be babysitting them. They're going to have to learn on their own. And that's exactly who you were. And now you're teaching all the students to do this too. Yeah, but I have to mention something, Dan. I don't know if you remember this. Probably not. But once when you created the CRA Academy, you asked me, do you want to do it? And I say, yes. And that gave me a lot of foundation too, because uh, I forgot. I forgot this. Yeah, because to become the clinical research coordinator after after taking the class, actually, that's when I started being the coordinator. Mm. So I remember now. This is good. I'm glad you brought it up. And back then, we didn't have a CRC Academy, or we would have put you in that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. And and then when I start working, uh, being the clinical research coordinator. The CRA class gave me a lot of foundation because I was just like, when I was doing things, I was just like, oh, yes, I saw this in the class. So now I knew uh, how to mm. do it. And, and, and obviously, I have the guidance of uh, Rosario and Carlos, too. But yeah. I mean, without you, this will not have been possible. Wow. Well, thank you. I forgot about that. But yeah, see, CRA Academy, shameless plug for the CRA Academy too. So when was it, and you're still running that clinic right now, we're thinking about maybe merging that clinic into a bigger clinic um, with another smaller clinic, but maybe we'll let that smaller clinic uh, operate by itself. Still, we're, we're thinking about it. Um, and actually, we got to look for office space. Uh, yeah. I haven't found much honestly, but that's, we'll talk off the air about that. So now you've been more of a site director. Now you're getting more into business development as well, how to get the studies, how to manage other people who are running the studies, Um, patient recruitment, physician recruitment. You're starting to get into budgets. If Chris will ever fully train you on that, you're going to get into contracts and budgets. Um, when did the CRC Academy, like why? Cause that was your idea. That was another one that was Monica calling me every day for a while. And then I kept saying, no, I don't know if there's people are going to buy it. I don't know. I was trying to always like make the business seem like it will fail because I know if we can overcome that, then we have something. And, uh, what made you want to do that? Like you knew that there was demand for this even though I thought there wouldn't be? Because I was thinking uh, there are many people that have the, the bachelors, there are many people that have the uh, education to become a CR, CRAs, but there are also many people that want to enter in the industry, but they don't have that. They have other, uh, like maybe just the... Uh, the, the uh, basic education or sometimes they have uh, the associate or they just have the, the, the desire to be in this industry 
And, and I was thinking, why not? This is a great opportunity for them to join the industry. And the other thing was because we were getting uh, pre-med students asking us to do internships. And, and, and I say, well, this could be also an opportunity for them to do the internship, uh, to do the class, and then uh, get involved in research. And it's gonna be uh, for us um, convenient too, because these are doctors on the making. <laughs> yeah. so they will like <laughs> the industry, and then in some point, Future docs. Uh, they might, exactly, they might want to open a business with us. So that was pretty much why I wanted uh, to do that. And then because in my case, uh, if, if back then I ha we had this um, study coordinator class, it will have been e much easier. And then also for the sites to train their, uh, their staff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to have like a, a, a training that is the same for everybody. So right. uh, you know exactly what they, the, the, what they know, I mean, the knowledge and then all those capabilities that they can develop over the time. If they have a standardized uh, education for their staff. Yeah, and it's been one of our most successful products, um, the CRC Academy. And we're getting the logo redesigned. It looked good. I saw the logo the other day. It looked good. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited I for that. That's good for the new year. Bring on the new year with the new logo. Yes. Um, is the logo done? It's done, right? Yes, it's done. Okay, I'm actually yeah. going to upload it today in the website. Yeah, I was uh, just going to say. I actually started doing it last night, but it's bigger than the size, so I'm going to resize and put it correctly. Yeah, that resizing website. stuff is uh, annoying. Um, I have yeah. to do all of that. Too. <laughs> um, what was it? So gener the importance of being a generalist for a coordinator, all right? Not only oh. is it helpful for the site, because usually the smaller sites need somebody like you, you know, we needed you, somebody who we can teach research relatively quickly, but is already able to be outgoing because you have to be salesperson to get doctors and sponsors and patients to be interested in your site. Um, but also like good, good leadership as well. And someone who's resilient and doesn't quit. And so like you teach this stuff, how important is it for the own not only is it important for the site when they're starting out, because some of the bigger sites, they don't want generalists, they want specialists. But if you are an individual, you should want to be a generalist because it's going to help your career, right? At the end of the day, it's going to help your career. And they give you more opportunities out there. And on top of that, uh, I mean, if you're a generalist, you will have more opportunities. If you have, uh, if you learn different things and you're a generalist, then you have also the chance to choose what brings you more joy and have a more uh, uh, fulfilling career. And, and, and a safer career. Exactly. And then, oh, yes, 100%. And, and then on top of that, if you're a generalist, you can also be your own, uh, you can uh, uh, open your own business because then you will know how to run the whole show. And that's what I want so to talk have... about as well, because that's a perfect segue into the video we did with your, you brought on the financial advisor friend. I think his name was Ed, Eddie, right? Eddie, Eddie? yeah. Mm -hmm. Eddie's amazing. So we have the full video on Latinos in Clinical Research YouTube channel. 
Um, but you know, I think every single person in healthcare, not just clinical research, in healthcare needs to treat their career like a business. Even if you're a W-2 employee, you should have a side business. Even if you're moonlighting, whatever the case, even if you don't need the money, okay, you're developing a different set of skills. And it's going to, you have a lot of tax uh, incentives as well to do this. The government wants you to start your business. They want you to reinvest back into the ecosystem. Uh, They also want to tax you more. So they, you have the incentives to do this, right? Um, and this is why we brought on Eddie. But during that interview, I was thinking what everybody in healthcare should have. And obviously not everybody will, but I think everybody should if they care about their financial uh, future. Yeah, and there are many things that you could do in research. I mean, obviously opening your own site will be amazing. But then also, for example, people that are in psych, they can become writers. That's your own business. Look at the right? social worker that works with us, Trevor. Shout out to Trevor. I need to interview him. Okay, yeah. he works full time. Matter of fact, I'm gonna, I told him next time he goes to one of the clinics to let me know so I can go talk to him and interview him. He works full time as a social worker. Uh, but he's also, because he's been working with us on the side, and he is entrepreneurial minded. I told him, why don't you just become a raider? You know, we, we have a bunch of sites that need your services. So now he does psychometric assessments for our sites. And that's a business. And he gets tax write-offs for his driving, which all of that you can't get as a W-2 employee. Exactly. Right? So and then another, exa- another example could be to become a sub-investigator for a site. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another one's oh, patient recruiter. Patient recruitment, uh, also getting studies for a site. Business and that development. For business development, you don't even have to leave your house. Yeah. <laughs> you just do it from the comfort of your house. Physician so recruitment. Many, yeah. Clinician recruitment. Exactly. Exactly. So there are so many opportunities, and especially right now with COVID that you have. Uh, the, maybe you have time at home or you want to develop a business that don't uh, that you can manage your own time research it is yeah i really do believe that and the let's segue now into latinos in clinical research because this is what inspired this whole entrepreneurial thing we've had it we had our first zoom meeting it went well. We're going to have our second one uh, here in the second week of January. So stay tuned for the email for that, guys. Uh, but in the meantime, go to the YouTube. Go to Latinos in Clinical Research YouTube channel. Subscribe, like, and hit the bell so you don't miss out on the alerts. Go to the Instagram, Latinos in Clinical Research. Uh, follow, and I don't know what else you do there. And then um, Facebook as well. Thank LinkedIn as well. Same name, Latinos in Clinical Research. And the podcast, right? Latinos in Clinical Research. Be on all this stuff. Because even if you can't make the Zoom calls, you can watch the videos. You can see highlights from different things on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. You can get notified of contests. We just did a giveaway for the CRC Academy, right? 
I'm thinking uh, we're going to do a giveaway for the CRA Academy on the next Latinos in Clinical Research, uh, which will be January 10th. So I have to, we have to make a contest before that, probably a similar contest. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you don't want to miss out on these giveaways, guys. So why, what's, what do you like about the Latinos in Clinical Research? What do you hope we can achieve with this group? Because everyone, all the founders had a different answer. So what's yours? My, my one is to improve the uh, pharmaceutical industry or the research industry. Because at the end of the day, if we, in either, either uh, I mean, either way, if we uh, recruit more patients, if we uh, educate more people, whether it is on the uh, professional level to bring them uh, work in our industry or educating the population about research. At the end of the day, our communities are going to uh, to get uh, then that results, which means that the medications or the treatments are going to be working better on our on our communities. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is like a, a kind of education. Um, and also to solve the problem of uh, diversity uh, because um, people probably don't know this, but uh, if, if we don't have all the communities participating or at least a good amount of people participating in clinical trials, then the medications won't work the same just because our genetics are different, even though that, uh, I mean, we're yeah. humans, but the, 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 the treatments just work different uh, mm. because we have different, uh, obviously, genetic uh, information. And also uh, we have different ways of uh, processing things. Um, our physiology, um, is I mean it's is is the same but it varies <laughs> because our the genetic information so uh, having having this the clinical the Latinos in clinical research is a way to uh, to spread the awareness and and also to give our community uh, the opportunity to work in the industry a lot of people probably see us as like a, something unreachable. Or something that is scared, like wow, it's just that that industry is just for nerds and people with <laughs> white coats, <laughs> right? And and no, we have everything, every single every single career that is out there, we have it in pharmaceutical, anything, like marketing. We have uh, we have marketing, we have PR, we have uh, obviously scientists, we have. Uh, Training, human resource. Yeah, uh, IT. IT, any vendor, any it. technology yeah. that you can think of, uh, it's probably should be. If it's not in research, back to the entrepreneurship thing, you want to learn how to be a millionaire in research, you follow other industries, especially with technology, and you replicated the same thing in research because the industry is always a decade behind. And I think COVID kind of speed that up a little bit. I think we're less behind now, but it'll be interesting to see where, how the industry comes back because I think a lot of the remote monitoring, a lot of it is going to exist. It, I mean, it's not going to be the only 
option of monitoring, but we talked about this in the first Zoom call as well. So I think networking is important. And one of the things we started doing in the first Zoom call for Latinos in clinical research was networking. And by the way, it's all ethnicity. It's not just Latino. Exactly. Anybody's uh -huh. welcome to join. Obviously, the topics are focused loosely around Latino issues, uh, but the networking doesn't care what background you are. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the idea is to bring more diversity to pharmaceutical, to clinical trials, and and uh, together we we make that diversity. Yeah. So yep. if uh, that's that's why it's so important to have all other um, ethnicities participating, because at the end of the day, is is a is a joint work, and and working together make things faster. Uh, working as a team and networking because uh, we we can. I mean, my ideas can give somebody an idea, or somebody's idea can bring some some solution. So, uh, have being part of a community is important, and this community is has been created for that to improve uh, the the pharmaceutical industry in the best way possible. I agree 100%. So you're looking forward to 2021, Monica? 100%. <laughs> yeah, I was telling uh, I was telling Chris earlier that I think the next decade is going to be huge for vaccines. You know, they're saying every six months now you're going to need a vaccine. And they're saying all these new strains. You know, look at all the opportunities that happened in 2020. There's a coronavirus study everywhere you look on clinicaltrials.gov. There's a new study, whether it's prevention, treatment, vaccine. I don't think that ends. I think that's going to just increase. And that look what that does for the industry. Demand for more jobs, demand for more sites, demand for more patients, more minorities, Blacks and, and Hispanics primarily. So I think we're going to see more of the same. 2021, um, at least as far as the opportunities go for clinical researchers. Yeah, and it's, the, it's a great opportunity. I mean, research is so, uh, it brings so much, uh, so much quality of life. If you want to be part of something greater than just your career, be part of this industry mm -hmm. because the impact you're creating in the society is improving the quality of life. And now I have personal experience with this. I was in a compassionate use study, which I'm going to talk about with Dr. Hazen, who's the PI uh, later on a future episode. But yeah, I mean, talk about quality of life, you know, not to get into it too much because I want to save it, but yeah. Clinical research is amazing. I've been in this industry for 15 years, and this was my first study that I like a real study that I was in. And I feel like a renewed sense of um, getting people excited about it, about research again. Yeah, I feel, I mean, I, I, I feel passion for this. And then when I start teaching, I realize how amazing it is and the, <laughs> and like i was mentioning the impact that we have uh in the communities in the society is just it's a never stop uh learning obviously but the sky is the limit 
So exactly. Whether you're a patient or somebody who wants, who's seeking a career or in the age of COVID, maybe you're both. Um, the, I think networking is key. I think being a generalist is key and you guys need to go to all those social media places I put of Latinos in clinical research. I don't care your nationality. doesn't matter. I'm not Latino. I'm in it. Uh, Latinos in clinical research.com subscribe to the email list for sure. Go follow all those social networks and then go follow Monica as well on LinkedIn, right? Latinos in clinical research for any platform you could think every of. Every single platform. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Did we forget anything? No, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot and I think there's going to be many more. And I can't wait for the January, the second week of January for the Zoom call, Latinos in Clinical Research. So thank you very much, Monica, for coming on and sharing and inspiring. And I hope somebody watching out there, watching or listening, gets a little bit of inspiration from you yeah. and uh, does something with their careers. Anybody can do it. <laughs> this is true. Thank you very much, Monica. And thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. And we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. Thank you.